0: Hello, Workplace Wellness Champions. Welcome to episode six of the Virtual Vibe podcast, where we discuss HR strategies for a happy, healthy, and connected workforce in a work-from-home and hybrid world. I'm David Howe. I'm the CEO of Bright Breaks and the host of the Virtual Vibe. And today, I am very excited to chat with Michelle Anderson. Michelle is the Senior HR Generalist and Team Lead at Bennington Financial. So welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited about your podcast. I love the name, by the way, Virtual Vibe. It's really cool.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we did a, I had a few options. That one stuck with me best personally. I felt like it was the most kind of cool, but we also did a poll on LinkedIn and asked a bunch of our customers and champions and that was the winner by poll. So I went with the people's, the people's vote.
1: Yeah, I was actually voted on that poll. I received it in my email and that one stood out to me right away. So I was so excited when I saw that you did go with that name.
0: I appreciate that. I haven't checked the trademarks or anything, so hopefully it's okay, but I'm sure we will be okay. Super excited to chat. So maybe we can just kick it off and if you could give a little intro on on you, on Bennington Financial and just how the team works and kind of what the culture is like.
1: Sure, so I've been in human resources for, my goodness, 15 years now. It sounds crazy to me even saying that out loud because I can't believe it's been that long, but time really does go by really quickly. I've actually been with uh, Bennington Financial for two years, actually two years this month. We have a very small HR team, there's just three of us. Our company is a leasing and finance company. It was actually established back in like 1996, and we provide leasing solutions for both large and small businesses. So right now, post-COVID, we have a hybrid work model where we have three days in the office and two days working remotely. We do have employees spread out in a few different provinces. We do have employees in Alberta, in BC, uh, Saskatchewan, just so several different provinces throughout Canada. So yeah, so everything that we do, we approach it with inclusivity, making sure that everybody can be a part of all the wellness initiatives that we do.
0: Awesome. And would there be offices in all of those provinces?
1: I know There there are not offices. There is an office in... Alberta, but most people do work remotely.
0: So that's an interesting point on doing wellness initiatives to make sure that it involves everyone. And that's obviously the remote team, the hybrid team. So how do you do that? How does that work?
1: For our employees that are in Ontario that work in the office. So in our office, we have wellness rooms and prayer rooms as well. People use it for just time to just be quiet and be still, or some people do use that room for prayer and meditation and it's available anytime throughout the day whenever employees need a break. And just to let somebody know that they're in the room, we can actually flip the sign over where it says occupied, so people know not to go in the room at that time. We have two of those rooms in the office. We also do have a very large area where employees have lunch. It has large windows which invite natural light in, which is very calming. There's also a ping pong table, there's a foosball table. When the weather's nice, nicer weather, (laughs) like springtime, summer, we do have pigment tables that we put outside. So where our office is located, it's a very nice area where there's a lot of trails behind our office and there's a lot of like wooded area. So again, it's very uh, calming environment. It's not too busy or too noisy as well. So employees are also encouraged to go outside, spend time outside, walk the trails. And also speaking of lunch, every... Tuesday and Thursday, we do have catered lunch brought in for employees to enjoy a very healthy lunch and the lunches change every single day. And we also have a fitness room uh, that has a few treadmills and elliptical. There's a weightlifting area that again, employees are invited to work out at any time throughout the day on their breaks, lunch, before or after work. For all employees, so both employees in Ontario and our remote employees, we do have a fitness subsidy that we offer for everybody. And that could be used towards anything fitness related. So that's like gym memberships, classes, workout apparel, um, new gym shoes, golf clubs, anything fitness related. We also have wellness days. So we give all employees two wellness days to use throughout the year to basically do whatever makes them feel happy. So taking a day off to watch tv all day makes you happy we encourage you to do that of taking the day off and just literally going to the mall and shopping or whatever whatever wellness looks like for you we encourage you to take that day off and just do something that you know is going to make you feel better and also of course bright we have bright breaks we announced our partnership with bright breaks last february my goodness i can't believe it's been well over almost two years since we've announced that partnership And that came up during the pandemic when everybody was at home and really missing, you know, our our fitness room, just being active. So we partnered with Bright, we launched it then, and it was a huge success then. And it still continues to be a huge success with our employees.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you for working with us for almost two years now. It's pretty amazing. I was on your website, I saw, I think the thing that said to me, you, you talked about the office, there's a lot of nature, like the outdoor lunch area, the the trails and everything. I think that's a huge selling point. And clearly, big focus to have all those, I guess, initiatives on site. And what kind of usage do you see in things like the meditation, or the prayer room or the gym? Do you see people in there often? Is it something that actually gets used?
1: Oh, absolutely. The gym is always, there's always people in the gym. So before work, so around like maybe at 7.30 in the morning, during lunch break, everybody takes their lunch break at different times. So it's always someone in there as well as after work for a couple of hours. So that it's always being utilized as well as the wellness rooms too. That's always a being used as well too.
0: I was reflecting this morning, just kind of hanging out, getting ready. And I live in an apartment building and we have a gym at the apartment building and it's a pretty nice gym. And ever since I lived, I've lived at that apartment building, I've been going to the gym so much more. And the reason is it's convenient. I don't have to get in my car and drive to the gym or all that stuff. So having something at the office to make it so convenient so someone can do it before work, after work, it's more likely to get done because the friction is gone, right? You can just jump in, do it, and then not have to worry about driving away to another gym. So my belief there is that these things get utilized more because they're so convenient.
1: I definitely agree with that. Speaking from experience, there's been a lot of times for me, if I have to get in my car and get dressed by the time I've driven to the gym, I've talked myself out of going, and my gym is in a mall. So I end up doing everything else in the mall except going to the gym. So to your point, just having the accessibility and having the fitness room here, there really is no excuse. I spend a lot of time at work, so it really is convenient to just go there, work out for half an hour, and then have my lunch after.
0: Fitness is one of those things that it can be a lot of friction if you're not in pure motivation and who's ever in pure motivation mode to go to the gym. So making easy helps. We do a Bright Breaks as well. Is those wellness days, how are those received? You mentioned watching, someone could watch TV, they could do whatever they want. I'm guessing those are well-received. And are people kind of sharing what they're actually doing with the rest of the team when they actually take a wellness day?
1: Uh, yeah, they were very well-received. People are very excited about their wellness days. Some people do share what they do uh, use the wellness day for, and some people don't, and that, that's okay. We don't uh, pry. It's whatever, how they choose to spend the day, to do something that makes them happy. I mean, because wellness looks different for everybody.
0: Exactly, yeah. Heather on the Bright Breaks team, who, you know, um, she's been joking with me lately about making a post about watching Love is Blind because I told her I watched Love is Blind on Netflix and I was like a guilty pleasure. And she said, you should totally, totally share that. So that could be one of my wellness days is watching a new season of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it makes you happy, right?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Whatever, whatever works. And that is different for everyone, right? And some people may want to go to the gym. Some people may want to just hang out and sleep in and do whatever. So um, I think it's great that you guys do that.
1: I have heard of some people using their wellness date around the holidays to like wrap gifts. That's what they, they enjoy doing that. And that makes them happy. So, you know, hey, that's what makes you happy. Go ahead and do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so clearly there's a lot of focus and a lot of effort being put into these initiatives. So why is that important for Bennington Financial? Where did that come from? Where is this culture of wellness coming from? And why does it matter so much?
1: That's a great question. So creating a culture of wellness is important to Bennington because our team members are are most important to us. They're our most valuable. We uh, have fostered an environment uh, of caring. We generally care about the well-being of all team members. Um, So we want team members to be happy and excited to come to work. We want team members to come to work as their best self because you spend a lot of your time at work, more so than you do with your own families. So we believe that if team members do come to work, happy and well rested. Um, they treat the business better. So it's just an overall around ripple effect.
0: It is amazing when you actually reflect on it is we're spending eight hours a day, which we're up for maybe 16 hours a day, whatever that number is for people. It's a huge chunk of your life. And I, I do feel like, and it sounds like there's a, a similar alignment there that companies do need to take responsibility for, for the wellness of people because they're spending so much time. It's a lot of time. So, and they're giving a lot. With the hybrid model and then some team being fully remote, so say the remote team doesn't have access to those facilities on site or they have access to obviously a digital program like Bright Breaks, how do you think about making sure that that is, I guess, inclusive to everyone and giving the best? It's, it's impossible to obviously give a, a physical location to those employees that are remote, but do you find ways to kind of make that up a little bit or how do you think about that?
1: So uh, that's the one whenever we do like um, any wellness initiative, we make it virtual. So that way that we have our remote team able to participate and able to be a part of it as well too.
0: Right. And I know chatting with Heather before, she had mentioned that you do spend a lot of time in these activities and specifically booking a lot of keynote speakers and the experiences that you've had with them is something that you put a focus on. It sounds like that's kind of an every month thing. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we do uh, have. We've had a lot of uh, keynote speakers that have been, again, virtual because we try to make it as inclusive as much as possible, and that goes over really well. And just the private bright breaks that we have as well too, those go over pretty well. People really do look forward to those.
0: That's awesome. And just on the keynotes, what have you found makes bringing in a keynote speaker what makes a good experience for the team, and what makes kind of a less good experience? Like, what has worked in running that program?
1: Again, it depends on the speaker. We've had speakers that have come in and uh, tried to generate dialogue, and not everybody is coming to that event for that. They're just coming to learn and listen. So it depends on the speaker. I try to meet with a speaker before we have the event to let them know what kind of audience we have. And sometimes they listen, and sometimes they don't. They try to initiate discussion. And again, we have a few people who are really outspoken, so they will participate. But for the most part, people just like to come and learn.
0: And how are you sourcing or finding those speakers? Is it kind of just cold outreach? Do you have a network that you're working with? How does that actually look in, in practice?
1: I've done some cold outreaching. So for example, LinkedIn is a great resource. I literally just search what I'm looking for and just reach out. Um, most people are very nice and you know they respond right away. We work together. I do have a network that I uh, you know, reach out to and um, sometimes I work with them and sometimes I, I don't.
0: Do you have a budget that you set aside every year for that? Is it something that you're kind of asking the speakers to come in and do for free? Like, how does that work?
1: So it depends on what kind of speaker. uh, So, for example, I'll give you an example. We had a speaker come in for a Holocaust. We have a person that wanted to uh, celebrate that. So we reached out to a speaker and they did not charge anything to come in and do that presentation. And then we have other speakers that come in that they do have a set budget. And most people do work within our budget.
0: Yeah, it is a good example and it's a few other folks I've interviewed. Everything doesn't need to be really expensive. You can find unique ways to get whether it's resources or having people speak that you can do for a relatively low cost, right?
1: Yeah, and LinkedIn is a really great resource.
0: Yeah, exactly. It seems like everyone's on LinkedIn. It is a great spot and personally I've been trying to be more active on LinkedIn and it's, it's great to like make more connections that way, engage with people, have discussions. I found it to be kind of my number one social network these days. So I guess you have a lot of those initiatives. What are the most popular or is there anything else to kind of peel back there? And then two, how do you measure if something is actually effective or working or not, if you want to keep doing it?
1: The ones that are most popular are the ones that, again, with the private bright breaks, people do enjoy those. We do work, as I mentioned, with some consultants, wellness consultants. So those go really well as well, too. And how we measure success is we do survey our employees uh, twice a year, and we have a section on like diversity and wellness. So we get responses from our survey, as well as you know, Bright has metrics, and we can see who signed up, when's the last class.
0: Right. So a mix of kind of data, but also just the anecdotal feedback. And is are the surveys anonymous surveys? Are people f- filling that out?
1: People wonder if they are anonymous. They are 100% anonymous. Like we, we don't know who said what.
0: What kind of participation do you get on the surveys in terms of number of employees? We
1: get a very high participation. I believe our last survey had 91%.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that probably speaks to some trust being built with the company and feeling good about working there. How big is the team right now?
1: Our whole team is just under 200 employees across Canada and
0: Ontario. Anyone on the East Coast? I'm obviously in in Halifax, Nova Scotia now, but anyone out here or is it mostly Ontario and and West Coast?
1: Yeah, Yeah, mostly West
0: Okay. I had to ask. This is Halifax in the background that We were <laughs> talking earlier how it's really cooling down. And yesterday was the first day that I had my jacket. Sounds like your jacket came out a while ago. The weather's
1: been very unpredictable here. Some days, were nice. like even we had like a really warm September, which is unusual. Like it felt like we're in July and September. And then the next week it was like back down to like seasonal temperatures.
0: Yeah. It's that time of year. Truthfully, we see participation increases quite a bit on our product, right Breaks. When it gets colder up, people are inside a little more, less of that. The nature, nature's still there. It's great if you can, but when it's minus 10 Celsius, that can be tough sometimes to get the motivation to go out. (laughs) We have touched on tools and you mentioned LinkedIn. You obviously mentioned some of the products. Is there anything else there that, in terms of tools that you lean on? Like what do you use to send out surveys, maybe as an example? Is there anything else that you lean on to help support the culture of wellness. Yeah,
1: our surveys are, you know, we set we work with an organization that we've worked with for about, you know, 10 years and we partner with them and then they they actually send out the survey and then they provide us with the results.
0: And then, you know, values. So your values are pretty clear on your your site. What are your your values at Bennington and and which do you think are really important in terms of helping create the culture of wellness that you've built?
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's a really great question. So you know One of the values that stands out to me is that we trust our team members and we encourage them to be their best selves, to show up as their best selves. And We want people, as I mentioned before, coming to work happy, coming to work excited and wanting to be here. Because again, like the success of our business is determined by, you know, how well our employees perform. And if you treat employees very well, then they're going to perform very
0: well. And where did that come from? Like where, because I know a lot of companies struggle with this, right? Like, how do we do this? But So is that coming kind of from the very top of leadership? Is that something that's just just been built into the DNA of the company as long as it's been here?
1: Yeah, so this company started, as I mentioned, back in 1996, and it was started in the basement of our founder's home. It was just one person, him and his wife, and then they grew the business till about, I think, I believe it was 25 employees and they found office space. So he has always had that mentality. And, you know, we have a lot of employees that started very early on in this journey with our former founder, and we've managed to just keep that culture. It was always ingrained in our culture. We try to, you know, treat everyone like family. That's our culture here. Everyone is treated like family. We're not looking at every single person as the same. Everybody's situation is unique and different, and we treat everybody as such. So just circling back to what you're asking, it's just been the foundation of the company since day one, and we've managed to hold on to that until now.
0: Yeah, amazing. Built into the DNA from the get go, and, and is the the original founder still active within the company, or is that is he?
1: No, he's since retired. Well, sorry, excuse me. He calls it refocused. <laughs> he's refocused. He doesn't like the word retired. He just says he's just refocusing his time to something else.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. I can't. It's a long ways away from me in retirement, but. <laughs> It's a scary word. I mean, this has been really awesome and I think helpful to people that are listening and especially those companies that are in the same similar hybrid hybrid role as, as Bennington. What advice or, or recommendations would you have for folks in, in HR roles who are just starting to try to think about building a culture of wellness for their teams? What advice would you have for them?
1: I would just start by asking the question, asking your you know remote workers what they would like. You could do so by sending out an anonymous survey and getting feedback that way or another thing they could possibly do is, you know, have a virtual focus group is another option. And that way you're asking questions and you're receiving feedback instantly, feedback and ideas instantly from your team members. Wellness looks different for everybody, as we talked about. I would also say that, like, you know, whenever, when you do start having wellness initiatives, it, you know, you might not get the turnout that you're looking for, but that's okay. As long as you get somebody on board, it'll catch on eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's simple in a lot of ways, but just get started, get feedback and build kind of brick by brick, right? Because it's not going to be a big success overnight. You have to get things sharing within the company. A good reminder. Okay. Awesome. Michelle, this was great. Any kind of final thoughts or or questions that we can, you know, before we, we wrap up?
1: Yeah, no, this is a very great experience. And just, you know, thank you for inviting me and I really appreciated being here. I did want to talk about Bright. So, can you, for me, let me know how Bright started?
0: Yeah, thank you for the question. So, you may not know this actually, and a lot of people don't know this. We actually originally started as a different business. So, the business was called Crib Cut, and it was totally different than what we are today. It was a kind of Uber for haircuts business. So, yeah, and we started off by building this service. We'd visit people's homes, do haircuts, blowouts, all these different things and cuts and styling. And eventually we actually pivoted to a model where we did that at the workplace. So we would visit office locations. We'd set up kind of a mini salon in an office and you know, employees could come in and, and do haircuts or whatever hair service we offered. And that was going well. And then of course the pandemic came and pretty much all offices shut down almost overnight. But what was interesting was we were already, you know, we had hundreds of offices we were visiting and we were expanding our services beyond hair. So we were getting into things like dry cleaning, like wellness services, like other things that we could do on site. And it became pretty clear pretty early on in the pandemic that A, things weren't coming back to, you know, normal anytime soon. And then B, even when we're kind of back out, out of this, the way that employees work and that companies work is going to change. And So what we decided to do was kind of took a bet on evolving our our product, and we saw an opportunity to kind of deliver the same values that we did with the haircut service, which was promoting work-life balance, promoting, you know, happier, healthier employees, and turning that into now a digital wellness program for remote and hybrid companies. And we started off the company with rebranded to Bright. We offered kind of hundreds of longer live classes and yoga, fitness, all of that. What we learned were it was really hard to get people to do a a 60-minute yoga class on a Tuesday at noon during the workday. So we started experimenting with shorter content, as short as seven minutes long. And when we did that, we found that people really loved the really short content. The people that tried it stuck around for a lot longer. They were taking more of them. So making it kind of snackable chunks of content was something that was really valuable to employees. So... As a younger startup, we basically saw that opportunity. We shifted all of our focus there. We became Bright Breaks to really represent the seven minute break, wellness break, and haven't looked back since, so.
1: Amazing, wow. Yeah. I found it very interesting that you you started off as a company that was going into other organizations doing hair, I didn't know that.
0: I know, it's like a totally different business. I really love that business. I enjoy a nice haircut and convenience and all that. We were talking about convenience to start, right? When things are more convenient, It's more likely to actually get done. So, you know, we found a lot of like with the hair services, we found a lot of you know parents who really valued that because they could get that trip in at work instead of having to do a night or a weekend. Yeah, so we're not going to bring that back. We're going to stick to what we do on the on the digital wellness side. But at the end of the day, I view it as like a bit of a blessing in disguise. It was one of those things that it was a hard business to build. There was a lot of we had a lot of like people running around in different locations, and it was it was kind of hard to manage. And now with with Bright Breaks, of course, everything is delivered digitally. And, you know, we have our teams in in Halifax and in Vancouver where we are educators, where we film all of our content. It's an interesting story. I think, you know, you mentioned the founder of Bennington, I'm sure they have a few stories as well around things that didn't go as expected. But at the end of the day, I like to make lemonade out of lemons. And that's hopefully what we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well... This has been great, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to, to obviously keeping in touch. And, and again, appreciate you working with us for, for a couple of years. You've been a great workplace wellness champion. Thank you to everyone listening today. And you know, if you want to find more, you can visit the virtualvibe.brightbreaks.com website. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.